0: According to researchers, loneliness is a growing problem worldwide. In fact, one study found that more than 300 million people around the world reported that they do not have even one single friend. One out of every five people reported that they do not either have friends or family that they can rely on during times of trouble. And according to a a 2021 study in the United States, People report having far fewer friends than they did even 30 years ago. And less than half of Americans are satisfied with the number of friends that they do have. Loneliness is not just a problem that affects our emotional health. Research has found it affects our physical health as well. In fact, one study from Harvard University found that loneliness is more harmful to your health than smoking a pack of cigarettes each day. Other studies found that people who suffer from loneliness tend to, on average, die earlier than the general population. I share those things with you because I think we can conclude from that that friendship is important. We need friends. God has created us to be in relationship with Him most of all, but He's also created us to be in relationship with one another. This is why we're gonna talk about the topic of friendship this morning from the book of Proverbs. You can find the Proverbs that we are gonna study in the back of your bulletin. Uh, there's gonna be a lot of them. You can try to keep up, with them, keep up with them in your Bible, but we've listed them chronologically in the back of your bulletin to help. And we'll find that this topic of friendship is closely related to that topic of Proverbs that we studied last week, uh, of wise counsel. In some weeks, this is a continuation or an expansion of that topic. And the main idea we find in Proverbs this morning is that the wise, those who are wise, well, they both seek good friends, but they also themselves seek to be good friends. The wise both seek good friends and seek to be good friends. So, and if you are here and you are lonely this morning, first uh, up front, I just want to say that I'm sorry and I know that is a struggle, and it's a struggle for many here in this country, and I hope that God might use the people of this church to be friends for you. But most importantly, as we go through this study in Proverbs, I want to encourage you this morning that you can have a friend in Jesus. As I pray, that is not just a trite, cute, religious expression that that we say to, to paper over true hurt or true loneliness. But as Christians, we truly believe that you can have a living and active relationship with Jesus Christ. Proverbs has a lot to say about our our friendships here on earth. But what you need to see is that Proverbs is ultimately pointing us to our truest and our greatest friend, Jesus Christ. The book of Proverbs is not simply a, a number of sayings about how to live your best life now. Instead, the book of Proverbs presents two ways in which you can live. You can live wisely, or you can live foolishly. You can be on the the path of life, or you can be on the the path of death. The path of life is not found in earthly success, material reward. It's not even found in the number of earthly friends that you have in your popularity. The path of life is only found in relationship with Jesus Christ. Earthly friends are important. Proverbs makes that clear, and we are going to make that clear, Lord willing, in the sermon today. But more importantly, Proverbs shows you your need to have Jesus as your friend. I have two points for today's sermon. The first is the influence of friends. The influence of friends. And then second, we're going to look at the characteristics of wise friends. The influence of friends first. Now, we all know that parents care about the friends their children have. Uh, parents know that the, the people that their children spend time with, uh, the people their children are, are friends with, they're going to they're gonna inevitably influence them. Now, I remember when I was a teenager that my parents set me down and, and had a conversation with me, letting me know that they were not going to let me spend so much time with one particular friend that I had anymore because they believed him to be a a bad influence. They didn't think he was a good influence. I still remember that conversation. Now, how many times have you heard parents say this about their child after their child has done something wrong? Uh, He or she just fell in with the wrong crowd. He was just spending time with the the wrong people. Well, let's ignore for a, a moment the fact that all the other parents may have been saying the exact same thing about their child well, the, the point is that we recognize that friends influence us. They recognize that the people we spend time with influences us. Now, there, therefore, Proverbs encourages you to choose your friends wisely. Proverbs encourages you to choose your friends wisely. Now, I think when we think of friendship, we, we usually only think of friendship in a positive sense. It's, it's a good word. I think that's generally true. But it's important to realize as we go through the study of Proverbs that that is not the assumption that Proverbs always makes. Proverbs does not assume that all friends are good friends. So Proverbs 13, 20, the one who walks with the wise will become wise, but a companion of fools will suffer harm. Well, we see that our friends, those who we spend time with, well, they inevitably shape us and influence us. Well, I think in our pride, we, we like to think that we're too smart and too strong to be influenced by others, that we can resist negative influence or temptation, that we can be immune to negative influence. We like to think that we can spend time with whoever we want and it will have no impact on our character. And we like to think that we can read whatever we want or watch whatever we want without being influenced, Yeah, we're somehow above it. But Proverbs tells a different story. The Bible tells a different story. And just think of King Solomon, the one who wrote most of the Proverbs and who is considered the wisest man who ever lived. He married foreign wives against the Lord's command, those who did not worship the Lord, and they influenced him. They led him away from the Lord and into idolatry. Solomon was responsible for his sin, but he foolishly chose his wives and they influenced him. The church you inevitably become imitators of those you spend time with. So if you want to be wise, walk with the wise. If you are a companion of fools, Proverbs teaches that you will become a fool yourself and that you will suffer harm. In Proverbs 24:1, Do not envy the evil or desire to be with them. Proverbs 22, verses 24 through 25. Do not make friends with an angry person. And do not be a companion of a hot-tempered one. Or you will learn his ways and entangle yourself in a snare. You become friends with an angry person, Proverbs says. You will learn his ways. Therefore Proverbs instructs you not to make friends with someone who is often quick to anger. His sin or her sin will become your sin. Now brothers and sisters, we are all sinners. The only friends that we have to choose from here on earth are also sinners. It means if you have a friend who occasionally gets angry, this does not mean you have to get rid of that friend. You do not have to get rid of him or her. However, if, if, if you have companions, if you have friends that you spend a lot of time with who are routinely angry, they've developed a, a reputation for their anger, or a reputation for their harshness, or maybe they're known for their greed, or their bad language, or their immorality, or they have a reputation for some other sin, that that is one of the first things that comes to mind when you think about that person. Well, you should reevaluate how much time you are spending with them. Brothers and sisters, you should choose friends who are more known for their holiness than for their sin. They're more known for fighting their sin than giving in to temptation. And, Christian, if Proverbs encourages you to choose your friends wisely, it means it is also encouraging you to be a good friend and a wise friend. To others, you should seek to, to be a friend that has good influence on others, one who helps to, to make others wise and point them to Christ. And you should seek to be fighting your own sins so that you have a reputation for holiness. And, church, these proverbs apply to more than just friendship as well. Parents, if, if friends influence one another, how much more do you influence your own children? I think one of the most discouraging parts of parenting is when you start to to notice your own kids sinning in the same ways that you do. I wonder where they learned that from. It's one of the most discouraging aspects of being a parent. Kids and, and teenagers, if you have younger brothers and sisters, you need to know that you influence them as well. They look up to you. They learn from you. Are you a kind and and wise older brother or sister? Are you helping to make your your younger siblings wise? Are you encouraging them towards foolishness? Are you leading them to, to obey your parents? Are you leading them to disobey? Church, what kind of books and TV shows and movies do you consume? What are your social media habits? What are your daily habits with your time? All these things inevitably influence you. Choose wisely. That is God's instruction to you. Choose wisely. Well, like Proverbs, Psalm chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to, to that one because we have not put that in your bulletin. Psalm 1 mentions that there are two ways to live, just like Proverbs. There is the path of life or death. And this is how Psalm chapter 1 opens. How blessed is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked, or stand in the pathway with sinners, or sit in the company of mockers. In other words, how blessed or wise is the one who is not a companion of fools, who does not surround themselves with or or take counsel with those who are, are wicked, those who are living sinfully. But interestingly, Psalm 1 does not say the solution is to simply find different friends or better friends. Well, that's good advice. You should find different friends or better friends if those are the people you're spending time with. But instead, Psalm 1 says this about the one who is wise or blessed. Look at verse 2. Instead, so instead of walking with the wicked and the foolish... His delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. He is like a tree planted beside flowing stream that bears its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. The psalmist does not point you to better friends, as important as that is. But instead, the, the psalmist points you to the word of God. Now, why is that? Why is this where the psalmist points? Brothers and sisters, it's because it is when you walk with Jesus that you are truly made wise. He is the friend that you need most of all. He both saves and sanctifies or makes holy those who come to him in repentance and faith. He does not just influence us, but he transforms us from the inside out, giving us new hearts and giving us his spirit and his word as we continue to walk with him. When you walk with Jesus, you become more like him. Luke chapter 640, Jesus says this, A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like his teacher. When you walk with Jesus, you will be made wise. So brothers and sisters, immerse yourself in his word. Make that your constant companion. Pray continually. Make conversation with Jesus a routine and regular part of your life throughout your day as you wake up and as you go to bed, as you eat. Brothers and sisters, this also means that that you need earthly friends who will point you to Jesus. Proverbs encourages you to be friends with the wise, which means that you yourself should look for friends who who are themselves walking with Jesus Christ. There is no true wisdom apart from relationship with Jesus Christ. We can find people who don't know the Lord, who can give us wise advice in certain things. But we should know, according to the book of Proverbs and according to the Bible, there is no ultimate wisdom apart from relationship with Jesus Christ. So if you want to walk with Jesus, look for friends who are likewise walking with him. Now, this does not mean that you should avoid having any non-Christian friends. Or you should avoid spending time with anyone who is is not a Christian. No, we should have non-Christian friends. We should seek to spend time with those who don't know the Lord. Because we want them to come to know the Lord. We want to love our our neighbors as ourselves. But I do think Proverbs encourages you to have your closest relationships Have your closest relationships be with fellow Christians. Because those are the people who will make you wise. They are the ones that you should seek counsel from. Brothers and sisters, your friends inevitably influence you. So you need to choose your friends wisely. If that is the case also means that we need to understand the characteristics of a wise friend. That's the second point of the sermon. What does Proverbs have to say about the characteristics of of a wise friend? we are going to see that Proverbs reveals at least four characteristics. We're going to look at four characteristics of a wise friend revealed in Proverbs. And what I hope you see is that Proverbs defines good friendship, not primarily in terms of how people feel about each other, Like, what do I feel about this person? Or about their shared interests, that uh, we both enjoy hiking or trekking, we both like to go shopping, we both enjoy watching football together. That's not the way that Proverbs defines friendship. No, Proverbs is is much more concerned with the character qualities and the actions that define true friendship. Proverbs emphasizes what it means to be a good friend or a, a true friend, how a good and true friend acts So what that means is that as we go through these four characteristics of wise friends, your number one question should not be, how do I find a friend like this? That's a good question to ask. But the number one question you should ask is, how can I be a friend like this? How can I be a friend like this? So the first characteristic of of wise friends that we see in the book of Proverbs is that they're selfless. So look at Proverbs chapter 14, verse 20. A poor person is hated even by his neighbor, but there are many who love the rich. Proverbs 19, verse 4. Wealth attracts many friends, but a poor person is separated from his friend. And then Proverbs 19, verses 6 and 7. Many seek a ruler's favor and everyone is a friend of one who gives gifts. All the brothers of a poor person hate him. How much more do his friends keep their distance from him? He may pursue them with words, but they are not there. At first glance, those proverbs sound probably a bit funny or a bit strange. What in the world does it mean that a poor person is hated even by his neighbors, but there are many who love the rich? That mean if you want to have many friends or if you want to have any friends, that you need to be rich. No, I don't think that's what these Proverbs are teaching. I think instead they're teaching that people are often only interested in what other people can give them. People are often interested only in what other people can do for them and give them. Look again at Proverbs 19.4. Wealth attracts many friends, but a poor person is separated from his friend. But one reason a poor person might be separated from his or her companions is because he's always asking them to do something for him. Maybe he's only interested in what he can get out of a friendship. However, I think what Proverbs is primarily teaching, I think the the main point that Proverbs is emphasizing in, in those few Proverbs that we just read is that we are often tempted to only seek friendship with those who can do something for us. Those who can enhance us emotionally. Those who can do something for us financially. Those who can uh, do something for us socially. Make us more popular. Give us a better reputation. People are often interested in only what others can give to them. What can I get out of this friendship? What can I take out of this relationship? For this reason, it can be difficult for those who are rich to know who their true friends are. They're not sure if people just love them for their money or what they can give them or if they genuinely care for their well-being. It's increasingly common for people to get divorced because they do not think they're being fulfilled in marriage any longer. They're only focused on what they're getting out of the marriage. I don't think I'm being fulfilled anymore, and so... Divorce must be the answer. According to Proverbs, those who are only interested in what others can give them would be examples of bad friends, foolish friends, poor influences. They are no true friends at all. They do not care about serving others and, and loving others, but simply being served themselves. A church this poses a a few questions for you? Do you only pursue friendship and companionship with those who can do something for you? What are your goals and your motivations in your own friendships and in your own relationships? Are you friends only with those who can give you something in return? Or do you have any friends who aren't really able to do much for you? Are you only friends with those who can make you more popular? Those who give you gifts? Those who might be able to help you get a, a better job? Even as I ask those things, one temptation for you might be to sit and grow angry and bitter about those in your life who do not seem to be selflessly seeking your good. Maybe you what comes to mind when I ask those questions is those who may have taken advantage of you at some point. Maybe it makes you feel even lonelier. Brothers and sisters, it's not a bad thing to want those in our lives to, to want friends who will selflessly serve us. But what you need to ask most of all is not do I have anyone in my life like this, but am I this type of friend to others? Am I selfless to the friends in my own life? Am I this type of parent? Am I this type of brother or sister? Church, the truth is that you are in control of the type of friend that you are. You're not necessarily in control of the type of friend that others will be to you. The other truth is that I believe if you focus on being this type of friend, a good friend that that we'll see revealed in Proverbs, if you seek to be that type of friend to others, you will eventually develop close friendships and close relationships with others. According to Proverbs, good friends and and wise friends are selfless. The second thing we see is that they're faithful. Now, it's kind of hard to to separate where selflessness ends and faithfulness begins. They're kind of uh, two sides of the, the same coin. Selflessness on one side, faithfulness on the other, because selfless love is often demonstrated through faithfulness. Selfful love, selfless love is often demonstrated through faithfulness. So Proverbs chapter 17 verse 17. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a difficult time. A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a difficult time. So when he uses friend and brother there, it's basically using those interchangeably. Uh, in Proverbs, the way Hebrew poetry works is usually one line of the poem will say something, and then the other line kind of provides a different perspective on the same idea. So, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a difficult times. In other words, times of trouble reveal true friends. A rich person who suddenly loses all their money will quickly find out who their true friends are. A true friend loves at all times, not just when things are going well, but during times of trouble, when their friends are in need and when their their friends have nothing that they can offer them. Oh, what is it that husbands and wives commit to one another during traditional wedding vows? They commit to remain faithful and committed to one another for better, for worse, for richer, for poor, in sickness and in health. Although marriage is a deeper commitment than friendship, well, those vows express something of what it looks like to be a faithful friend to someone else. And true friendship, brothers and sisters, is expressed not just in words, but in actions, in deeds. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 6. Many a person proclaims his own loyalty, but who can find a trustworthy person? People are very quick to proclaim that they are faithful and that they are good friends and true friends. Finding someone who will stick with you during times of trouble is much more difficult. In church, it's easy to be committed to someone during good times, in richer and in health. Wealth attracts many friends. It requires little of us to, to be a friend with someone when their life is going good. But being a faithful friend when things are worse In times of sickness and in times of of poverty, that's much more difficult. But this is where true love and this is where true friendship is proven. To love someone and to be a true friend to someone during times of trouble, well, it's difficult because it requires personal sacrifice. It takes time and effort to care for a sick husband, just as it takes time and effort to care for a sick friend. It takes time and effort, emotional energy to care for a friend who just lost a loved one. It requires time and effort and sacrifice to help a friend who just lost their job. It requires selfless sacrifice to be a faithful friend. Brothers and sisters, this is what the Bible calls you to. It's called to carry one another's burdens, to support and encourage one another. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24. One with many friends may be harmed, but there is a friend who stays closer than a brother. Well, friends, the encouragement of that proverb is not to simply chase after popularity. Popularity is fleeting. It is no protection in times of trouble, because it will vanish. Those many friends or companions will vanish you need more than those who are simply companions, more than those who are simply with you in the good times. You want a faithful friend who sticks closer than a brother during times of trouble. My friends, it's, uh, it's friends like this that you can go to when trouble comes, confident that they will help. You do not have to hide your circumstances from them. You do not have to hide your sin from them. You do not have to hide your struggles and your temptations from them. You can go to them for wise counsel because you're assured of their love and their care for you. But church, it's also true that you will not develop these type of friendships. You will not develop these types of friendships until you yourself are willing to share your struggles, to confess your sin, to seek after wise counsel. You have to be willing to to share of yourself, to open up friendship, Is a two-way street. It's a two-way street. Proverbs 27, verse 10, Do not abandon your friend or your father's friend, and do not go to your brother's house in your time of calamity or disaster. Better a neighbor nearby than a brother far away. Or as another non-biblical proverb puts it, a close neighbor is better than a far friend. It is good to have friends in in other cities and and back in your home country. That is a good thing. It's not a bad thing to have friends who are online that you can message. But church, the encouragement of this proverb is that that is not sufficient. You need friends who are close. Who you see in flesh and blood. Who can be there with you in times of, of trouble. You need the church. We're all here away from from our home countries, the places where we grew up. Many of our families are far away. Brothers and sisters, God has given you friends and family in the church. As the church, we commit in our church covenant to be there for one another, to carry one another's burdens, to weep with those who weep, to rejoice with those who rejoice, to pray for one another to care for one another who is in need. Brothers and sisters, we all need the church, whether we're far away from home or not. We see in in Proverbs that good friends are not just faithful in times of trouble. They seek to keep their friends from trouble by speaking words of truth. Good friends are selfless one, faithful to, but then third, they're truthful wise friends and good friends are truthful. Proverbs chapter 27, verses 5 and 6, Better an open reprimand than concealed or hidden love. The wounds of a friend are trustworthy or faithful, but the kisses of an enemy are excessive. Writing about those verses, one Bible scholar wrote this, Hidden love is a love that is too timid, too afraid, or not trusting enough to admit that reproof is part of genuine love. A love that manifests or exhibits no rebuke is morally useless. In fact, one might question whether or not it is sincere brothers and sisters, if you're ever to become wise, you sometimes need people to tell you when you are being foolish and sinful. You need people who are gonna keep you from trouble. Do not look for friends who will support and agree with you no matter what. Do not look for people who will just tell you what what you want to hear and are gonna affirm and agree with any decision that you are gonna make. Do not look for friends who are gonna flatter Those are no true friends at all. In fact, Proverbs calls people like that enemies. Dictators, authoritarian leaders, people like Hitler and Stalin, they're famous for surrounding themselves with yes men. People who will simply agree with them about everything. Now this is kind of their own fault because they tend to, to kill or punish those who disagree with them. But unsurprisingly, this often leads these men into disaster. It is no true friend who just agrees with everything that you say or do. Proverbs 27, 6, profuse or excessive are the kisses of an enemy. They are not selflessly seeking your good. They are not telling you that which you need to hear. They are only telling you what, they, what you want to hear so they can stay on your good side, perhaps because there's something that they want to get out of the relationship with you. They are more enemy than friend. Their kisses are like the kisses of Judas to Jesus. Brothers and sisters, if you are to be a good friend, you must be willing to lose a friend. If you were to be a good friend, Sometimes you must be willing to lose a friend. If you're really seeking the good of another, sometimes you need to rebuke and correct. But you need to be careful. You need to be prayerful about how you go about this. Faithful are the wounds of a true friend, but you need to be careful and prayerful. And you also need to realize that your ability to effectively offer a word of correction only comes after you have shown faithful and selfless love to another. You almost always have to earn the right to give a word of correction. You need to earn trust in in order to offer a word of correction that will be listened to and followed and, and heeded. Now listen to these words from Proverbs 27, verse 9. Oil and incense bring joy to the heart. And the sweetness of a friend is better than self-counsel. Or as another translation puts it, the sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. In other words, it's the counsel and correction and advice of a friend where the true sweetness of the relationship is found. It is sweet to be able to go to someone who will give you their honest opinion, who you know wants your good, who loves you and is going to tell you, the right thing, the the honest thing, no matter if it is easy or hard to hear. It is sweet to have someone you know is selflessly seeking your own good. But again, church, if you want friends like this, you need to be willing to accept correction yourself. You must be willing to listen. I thought about this idea last week and uh, what Proverbs had to say about wise counsel. But you will not walk with the wise unless you are willing to accept the wisdom and the correction of the wise. Proverbs 27, verse 17. Iron sharpens iron, and one person sharpens another. And brothers and sisters, your goal in friendship to be, should be to sharpen one another. To help one another grow in, in spiritual maturity. To improve one another. To help point one another to Christ. These things can only happen if you're willing to speak the truth. And these things can only happen if you have true friends. You need other people in your life if you are to grow in Christian maturity. It is one person who sharpens another person. You need other people in your life if you're going to grow in wisdom. It It is the one who walks with the wise... Not by themselves, who will grow wise. Brothers and sisters, do you have friends like this? Do you have people like this in your life? But again, more importantly, are you a friend like this? Are you someone who can be counted on in times of trouble? Who will speak words of truth? Have you made time for and sought out friends who you pray with and read the Bible with and talk about your spiritual life and your your struggles with? If not, you should. Brothers and sisters, this will not happen without intentional time and effort. It will not happen unless you're you're willing to open up and speak the truth about your own life to someone else. And it will not happen unless you're willing to to speak the, the truths of Scripture to one another. Even the the difficult truths that offer a word of correction, a word of rebuke. The final thing we see in Proverbs is that though true friends speak truth, true friends are forgiving. True friends speak truth, that was the third thing that we saw. But true friends are also forgiving. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 9. Whoever conceals an offense promotes love, but whoever gossips about it separates friends. Whoever conceals an offense promotes love, but whoever gossips about it separates friends. Well, church, Sin is inevitable in any good friendship. There are times that you will sin against your friends just as they will sin against you. That's what we do in all our close relationships. If you're seeking to grow in wisdom and sharpen one another, there are times that each of you should confess your sins to one another. Confess those things that are tempting you and you're struggling with. It's very difficult to grow in godliness when you hide your sins and your struggles from everyone in your life. You need people to share it with, people who can pray for you and who can help you. The bottom line is that in the course of true friendship, sin will become known. You will sin against one another, and you will share your sins with one another. In any true friendship, sin will become known. Brothers and sisters, true friends can trust one another with their sin. True friends can trust one another with their sin. Again, Proverbs 20, verse 6 many a person proclaims his own loyalty, but who can find a trustworthy person? True love and and true friendship is revealed in concealing or covering or forgiving an offense. True friends do not broadcast the sin of another for the, the world to hear. True friends do not shame their friends, they do not gossip about one another. True friends are trustworthy. And true friends forgive one another. One author wrote this about Proverbs chapter 17, verse 9. There can be no friendship without such understanding and discretion. Such friendship requires the ability to forget. Harping on the past has destroyed many friendships and marriages. The point is that for the sake of love, the true friend buries the wrong done that is what it means to forgive someone else. It is to commit to not holding that sin of another against them for forever. It's to commit to not bringing it up in future conversations with your friend. When they may sin again in the same way weeks or months or years later, you don't go retell everything that they have ever done to you and and bring it back up. It is a commitment not to bring the sin of your friend up to other people unless it's absolutely necessary. Maybe you're seeking a wise counsel from another about how you need to deal with a situation, but you're not gossiping. It is a commitment to forget past sin. Brothers and sisters, as I say those things, just ask yourself, is this not how you want your friends to treat you? Is this not how you want your friends to treat you? Brothers and sisters, there is a time to speak truth to your friends. But true friendship is not defined by bringing up every minor offense that has been committed against you. That is simply selfish pride. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11. A person's insight gives him patience, and his virtue is to overlook an offense. A person's insight gives him patience, and his virtue is to overlook an offense. Church, forgiveness is foundational to friendship. Forgiveness is foundational to friendship. Church, as I mentioned at the beginning of the sermon, loneliness seems to be a growing problem worldwide. People seemingly have fewer friends than ever. Maybe this sermon is making you feel lonelier than ever before. Maybe you, like so many others, feel as if you don't have any true friends. Or you certainly have very few. The ones maybe that you do have are all f- far away. Maybe you despair of, of ever finding a friend like the one described in Proverbs. If that is you, first let me again encourage you to first seek to be a friend like the one described in Proverbs. Make that your aim, and make that your goal. I believe if you seek to be a friend like this to others, you will in the end gain, gain wise friends and close friends. But more importantly, I want to encourage you to find friendship with Jesus Christ. The truth is that there are no friends anywhere who perfectly match the description of a true friend given by Proverbs, except for Jesus. You will never find a a friend like the one described in Proverbs unless it is Jesus. But the good news of the gospel is that Jesus offers his friendship to all who seek it. Jesus freely offers his friendship to all who seek it. He gives of himself to all who come to him in repentance and faith. And he is the true and greatest friend that you can find, he is the true and greatest friend that you need. And let's just review some of these characteristics that we've seen revealed in Proverbs for a moment. Has Jesus not selflessly sought your good? Just ask yourself for a moment. Has Jesus not selflessly sought your good? What did you have that you could offer to Jesus? The answer is nothing. You are not rich. You had nothing to offer. And yet Jesus came and he died for you. Remember those words from John chapter 15 verse 13 that Patrick read for us a moment ago? No one has greater love than this to lay down his life for his friends. Second Corinthians chapter eight, verse nine. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich for your sake, he became poor so that by his poverty, you might become rich. Jesus is not talking about material riches there. He's talking about spiritual riches, salvation, forgiveness, relationship with God. Church, Jesus came and gave his very life for you, even though you had nothing to offer him. He loved you when you were unlovely. In fact, he loved you when you were in rebellion against him, when you were sinning against him, actively hurting him, when you were his enemy. Friends, there is no greater example of selfless love than Jesus' death on the cross. And church, what is it that Jesus' death on the cross purchased? I purchased your forgiveness and your pardon. Jesus has covered or concealed your sin by his blood. And because of his sacrifice on the cross, God remembers your sin no more. He has removed it as far as the east is from the west. Jesus has clothed you with his righteousness. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is a friend who forgives. He has purchased your forgiveness with his life. Jesus still speaks truth to you in his word. The Spirit still uses the words of the Bible to convict and to correct and to guide. But Christian, the conviction that that comes through his word are not words of condemnation any longer. But words of truth spoken in love for your good. They are words of, of salvation and life. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 and 6. My son, do not take the Lord's discipline lightly or lose heart when you are reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and punishes every son he receives. Brothers and sisters, Jesus reproves and rebukes and corrects through his word not to condemn you, but to sharpen you. And to mature you, and to one day present you, the church, to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or anything like that. But holy and blameless and above reproach. Friends, Jesus invites you to listen to his word of correction and conviction. Jesus invites you to accept his counsel. Again, remember those words from John chapter 15. No one has greater love than this to lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends. Jesus says, you are my friends if you do what I command you. As Jesus invites you into friendship with him, if you will listen to him and you will follow him, if you will turn from your sin and place your faith in him, if you will place your faith in him and call him your friend. But church, there is no better friend to have than Jesus. He is an ever-present help in times of trouble. He hears you when you cry. You can go to him any time and day or night in prayer. You can unburden your soul to Jesus. He offers you his mercy and his grace in times of need. He does not abandon you when trouble comes. Instead, he promises to never leave you or forsake you. Even when you are faithless, he is faithful. His love and his salvation are sure. And they never change because Jesus, the supremely faithful one, is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Church, what a friend we have in Jesus. So let me close this this sermon in Proverbs thinking about how we are to be wise friends by encouraging you to run to the truest and greatest friend that you could ever have, Jesus Christ. Because that's what the book of Proverbs is pointing you to. It is always pointing you to Jesus Christ. You are missing the message of Proverbs if you think it is just talking about life here on earth. It's pointing you to Jesus, the true and greatest friend you can ever have. Let's go to him now in prayer so we know that he hears us and he is always there for us. Let's pray.